We'll be passing by And they'll be wasting time Just waiting for new And while they're chasing dogs We'll be dancing in the dust Cause we're coming through Whenever you need me I'm behind And I promise to take you Saturday morning, KXFM 104.7, Rainbow Radio here. Uh, first order of business, what is the weather? You know, we want to know. 63 degrees, some clouds in the morning will give way to mainly sunny skies in the afternoon. Uh, wind south, southwest, 5 to 10 miles an hour, and humidity, 81%. And what's in store for the week ahead? We need to know that. Plan accordingly, Right. Well, let's see. News to me, uh, highs are going to be in the uh, high 60s, low 70s all week long. And same thing all week. It's partly cloudy, mostly cloudy, mostly sunny, partly cloudy, partly cloudy, mostly cloudy, and mostly cloudy. So chance of rain, no less than 10% on every day. Um, So no rain, uh, partly cloudy, and uh, probably sunny most of the day is the way it turns out. And good humidity. So that's the weather here in Laguna Beach. 
I have a guest this morning. Uh, they have they're not here quite yet, but uh, I, I'm I'm so excited. Uh, she has a book out. Her name is uh, Marissa Alma Nick uh, with her new book uh, just that will be released. It's Rebel in Venus. So we'll have to ask uh, Marissa all kinds of questions this morning. And, uh, yeah, get on with things. Uh, so I, I do know that tomorrow's is, it's Mother's Day, right? So I have a, I have a thing that's what, uh, besides on this day in history, what is today? What are we celebrating today? Well, there's a website that, of course, of course, there's a website that, that lists all the things that this day is supposedly the day you celebrate. And it gets pretty crazy, um, as as of today, it's National Crouton Day. So make sure you put your croutons on your salad today because it's national. I mean, gee, really? National Archery Day. Well, that's interesting. You know, go out and practice your arrows. Maybe uh, <laughs> maybe some Cupid arrows. Who knows? <laughs> and it's also National Train Day. My friend Marcus would love to know about that. And uh, and then National Miniature Golf Day. I think someone's dialing in. Maybe it's uh, Marissa. Let me let's check on this right now. Hello, Marissa. Hi. Yes, this is me. <laughs> Hello. Hi, uh, how are you? I'm fine. You're live on the air. I thought maybe it was you. Uh, I thought so- it was. It, it was and it is. Good morning. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who uh, how their uh, people are coming at me. Sometimes they're on Zoom and sometimes they phone in. So uh, I saw this little flat. So here you are, Saturday morning. <laughs> Where are, you? are you? I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad to hear it's um it's a beautiful Saturday morning here in Miami Beach. Well, I guess it's closer to the afternoon where I am. It's 12. Oh my. Yeah, so this is not an early morning get up for you. <laughs> no. Yeah. Luckily for me, I get to sleep in a little on my Saturday. <laughs> yeah, sadly I had to get up at 6:30, but anyway, enough of that. Uh, Marissa, um Alma Nick. Yeah. And I usually like to, I didn't get to explain to my guests this morning, uh, although I've alerted them in emails, but I want to, because sometimes my guests are not very good at at, um, being, I don't know how to want to say, narcissistic (laughs) and and explaining who they are and what they do. So uh, if you'll bear with me, I want to uh, share with our listeners this morning a, a few things about you. Uh, to kind of kick this off. The Cuban-German author graduated from the uh, the New World School of Arts, received her BFA from the University of South Florida. You're you're ingrained in Florida, it sounds like. Uh, Yes. (laughs) And was selected for the Creative Capital Continued Education Program, uh, hosts the Miami-Dade Department of uh, Cultural Affairs. She moved to Los Angeles straight out of college. So you've been to the West Coast, the the, uh, left side of the country <laughs> indeed i have <laughs> and signed uh to msa dance agency where she worked as a freelance dancer oh my in various music videos commercials tv shows and movies then in 20, 2012 marissa moved back to miami to start her own dance theater company the alma dance theater and became a founding artistic director for the festival screen dance miami we'll have to know about some more about that while in miami <laughs> she's been an adjunct 
professor for the University of Miami's Musical Theater Department and has produced, choreographed, and directed live shows for Art Basil Mammy. Miami, Mammy, Basil, Miami. <laughs> oh my! Uh, and fate, I'm I'm butchering this. Fina, Miami, Faina, Faina and Faina. Tiger Tail Productions. Yeah, you uh, got that one. There we go. Showfields, Miami, and Together Arts. So that's quite a background. I didn't know the dance component was so much a part of your background. Uh, usually people, it is the majority of my background, actually. <laughs> usually people in dance live a long and healthy life. I have a, because it's probably because they take better care of themselves. Is that you? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, let's knock, I'm knocking on all the wood I have available to me right now. Um, so I'm, 30, <laughs> I'm 38. I have been dancing like notoriously my whole life since I was that like girl put in a dance at three and very much um loved it um so I've indulged in it however interestingly enough the reason why I really um and I've been secretly writing for a long time too but I stayed in my lane but um why I really got into writing the last three years was in the last three years I've actually had a succession of knee surgeries unexpectedly, uh, two meniscus tears on, on both knees. Oh. Separate times during, both during live shows, though, which was so much fun. Um, oh so I've been... Humbling, having, isn't it? Humbling. Humbling is definitely the word. And transitioning, actually sort of mourning a little bit, too, because, you know, there's this grievance process that I'm, I'm learning to surrender to because I always thought like um uh, honestly narcissistically enough that i was like physically <laughs> invincible never thought yeah. you know i i would be humbled in this way as you say so um not that i you know believe i believe dance is also available to everybody and i live more in the multi-able body world of dance as well Wonderful. so i uh, you can dance with no legs and arms right yep. like it is what you want it to be yeah. Um, you know, and at the same time, like I said, the grieving process too comes from, I always thought that I was going to be Marissa, the choreographer with her company, you know, period. And, um, this writing journey has been so amazing. And at the same time has, like I said, it's like a sort of this like interesting morning process because I'm going in this amazing new direction that I never thought I would do. Um, and letting go of what I, I thought I was only going to do and also, like, be able to do. So I that's where we are now. <laughs> I appreciate your perspective. I think a lot of people don't uh, grapple with, uh, you know, that change as, as part of the component would be mourning, uh, you know. And I think it's, I, I have to... Uh, I have to ask, uh, it sounds like um, dance was your passion, but perhaps you're ex experiencing a new passion? Oh, absolutely. And writing has always been, as I said, like uh, my passion as well. Just sort of, um, I don't know, maybe it's like the generation I grew up in. Like, you know, dancer is dancer. And, 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 and I think I was always also scared to um, put myself out there that way. Um, I had like, yeah. you know, maybe lack of courage to share dancing. I have written for the shows that I've created and um, have done some like secret screenplays, but again, like never took myself too seriously or ha had the confidence to 
to even try doing something else other than dance just to, to see where that goes. And I would see other friends of mine, other artists who um, went from dancing to filmmaking or from photography now to textile mm. making. And I was always sort of like secretly jealous of their <laughs> ability to just like well, jump they, into they are somewhat related. I mean, it's about communicating to an audience, whether it's dance or whether it's a book or whether it's music. You're, it's that relationship you have with the audience, I think. Exactly. You know, and if that's part of your passion, then it it goes across all those uh, those lines. I I always like to talk about on my radio. I'm proud of my little radio program here in Laguna Beach. But I always like to talk about with my guests their passion because i think the person that is is very fortunate to one discover their passion and two to be able to embrace it and make it a part of their life i think uh you know a generation or two ago um we didn't have that luxury um you know if you were born on the ranch you you had to do what your dad did and you were and you were kind of uh what you're gonna play music no no you're gonna be an artist no no i'm not sending you to school to be an artist no no you know and 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 so if that's what you were really passionate about, i think unfortunately for a few people uh when they they don't um reach out for their passion or at least experience or try it uh they are less than whole you know mm-hmm. um yes yes there's a void sometimes actually yeah it's not easy though you know i say it comes with so much sacrifice and and never alone you know along the way i've had so many um mentors um you know um i'm very fortunate i don't take this for granted at all my family has been always very supportive of of me being this like sort of black black sheep of the family that wants to you know really define her her own way um i i consider myself very lucky um, that my parents never um, discouraged me, you know. Wow. Um, that's so that, that, often that can be the exception. Oh. Yeah, yeah, I got very fortunate. And, you know, I think that knowing what, what they went through, too, I think that they chose that very consciously uh, for me because I know that, that they didn't necessarily have that available to them. Um, so I'm grateful for that. And, you know... Um, I think in anything that you're passionate about, like <laughs> it never goes how you think it's going to go. Um, oh, and really? somewhere okay. along, you know, yeah. And like somewhere along the way, if you're in it for something, how you were saying, like something that's external, um, yeah. I think that that light does burn out because I have like filled my way forward for decades now. And it has never gone the way I thought it was going to go. It's never been easy. And there are times where it's, um, you know, what am I doing? Why am I not doing something that might be considered, maybe from my perspective, easier, or quote-unquote, normal? Maybe I would yeah. have a, a little bit of an easier routine. I have no routine. You know, I have those moments, too. So, Well, that's a lot of- important to acknowledge Sorry, yes. for people that want to chase their or go after their passion. Uh, it doesn't necessarily mean because you go after it, it's going to be easy. But I think a lot of the challenges become easier because of your passion and your determination. Oh yeah, it's but that's it's just me. Yeah, no, it does. It's um, uh, that's how I've made everything I've I, I, I've ever done. And I've seen the people that I look up to and respect. It's the same. It's like every time you're you're told no, you have a choice to like allow that to to fuel you or not, yeah. right? And so 
And there's uh, something else I think comes into play, and it's a I, I can't think of who wrote the quote, and I'm gonna I'm probably gonna mess it up. It says, "Do not fear the distance between your dreams and reality, for if you can dream it, uh, it can become a reality." And so it is a it was a message about don't be so fearful about that space, you know, um, between your dreams and reality, which it can be a game stopper for a lot of people. They're, they're, uh, it's just too risky. No, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to do it. And I, uh, I'm not, they, they, I guess they're satisfied enough just dreaming about it, but not responding to it, unfortunately. But anyway, I yeah. think that's a good message. You know, you don't be afraid of that. You know, what's the worst can happen? You can fail, but you're still alive. You're still, <laughs> you can still go on. Yeah. <laughs> you, still, yeah. you can still pick Absolutely. yourself up. Yeah. Absolutely. So, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I, gonna, I was going to go on to your book. I, um, you haven't released it yet, right? You have a, a release date coming up. So it is a uh, yes. May twenty sixth is the official uh, release date. We're doing um, a book release here in Miami at Books and Books in Coral Gables on June second. Um, and so right now it's available for free save on Amazon. Um, um, they haven't available- they haven't banned it in Florida. <laughs> that is such a great question. <laughs> Man, it's, I'm sure for a fact that it's coming because of the nature of what's in the book and who the governor is here. It's been distinct in me writing this book with the governor that we've had. You know, in the book, there is a story about abortion. There is a, a lot of que- open queerness. There is uh, everything that he hates, the, the woke agenda. Oh, oh my. Good for you, yes. Marissa. <laughs> I well, love it. <laughs> and it wasn't it wasn't intentional. It's just a story that I felt I had to write and I wanted to write. Even and, better. <laughs> mhm. Yeah, um so it's uh, the the best the best thing that I got was um you know as a as a dancer choreographer I've I've also taught and so there was um a group of girls that I had taught, you know, about a year ago and they were all just like seniors in high school. Yeah. Um they went out. There was some advanced paperback uh, books here for a week at the bookstore, so they went out and got one and sent me pictures of them reading the book in the in the cafeteria of the school. And it was such a wild thought because they just sent it to me as a you know as a as a photo. But then one of them was like, "Please don't share this on social media because they might get in trouble, or the school might get in trouble." And that was such a bizarre conversation and thought mm-hmm. to have at the same time. Um, so. That's wild. Yeah. Um, you know, and the book is it's like, it's, it's just, you know, it's another coming of age story. It's a, it's about a woman who's, you know, she can no longer outrun herself. And, and it's also like a, like a testament and a love story about like friendship. And so, um, if that's something that is worth banning, that it makes people want to read it even more then I guess, like, let yeah. it get banned. Um, but I, I, you know, in, on a, in a realistic statement, though, too, I hope that we continue to fight the way that we are fighting here in Florida for access to information, you know? Yeah. <laughs> a simple, it's, in a simple way, so, yeah. Totally crazy. I don't know what to say. Um, it's so bizarre. It's the, bizarre, yeah. The storyline that you developed in it, um, has that been stewing for a while and kind of... Uh, I guess ripening in your in your life to to where you felt like okay this is what it's going to be and was there an aha moment that pushed you over the edge there? For sure, um, 
Well, Rebel and Venus did start as a as a show, one of my dance theater shows in 2018. I started it then. Oh. And yeah, and I started to um, write it as a as a live performance. Um, and I've and I had been workshopping it uh, in the theater for about two two years. It's sort of how I develop a show. I tend to run it for a couple years and allow it to morph into what it's gonna, you know, become. Um, and the year that happened was um, I had my my knee injury. Um, two weeks later, my best friend uh, killed themselves. Two months later, the pandemic came and the world and my industry shut down. And so. I, I I couldn't write. I mean, I could, but I I don't know. I just was like, I thought for a moment I wasn't going to be able. Like, I didn't know what was happening, so I couldn't imagine being in the studio again with dancers. And I started to t- take it from what it was going to be to the stage into what it is now. You know, in the book as a book. So that was the the transition and the trajectory of of how it happened. Like the aha moment was sort of forced onto me, basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, but it it uh, t- takes a, a person with their eyes open to opportunity to understand that uh, you got you know you got pushed and I want to read what you said in your own words. It says I read in the Washington Post article about a how teen girls uh, are at increased risk for suicide today, as Marissa Alman Nick, the uh, protagonist of rebel in venus i believe may have been written for them to give them hope to allow them to feel seen and to see themselves as their own hero i love that Mm -hmm. possibly rebel in venus can inspire them to believe they have the right to unburden themselves from internalized shame and self-hatred that is a tall order um do you feel accomplished in that in your book then in in Venus um, Rebel in Venus? I I, I um, kind of a difficult question to ask. I'm sorry. I so no. I, um, I actually get choked up because it's uh, it's such a uh, it breaks my heart. Like that statistic really does break my heart. Um, well, oh, we sorry. talk about it on this and I hear it. I like I'm so aware of it. Every time I hear it, like it's new. So um, yeah. I do know, like, uh, I, I was I was I was doing an interview the other day, and I said about um, my friend Julie. That's that's who I lost to suicide. I almost also uh, took my own life somewhere in the last in, in like the, the the process, like my life after that, just because of the depression that I've also battled with. Um, and well, so, isolation I, too, I think, is part of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely, and you know, I was like. I said in that interview, I was, I think I was trying to, you know, I wanted to write this hero that somebody uh, like myself or Julie or these, you know, these girls right now who are feeling that to see themselves as a hero and not a burden. And, and oftentimes people who do battle with depression or trauma and thoughts of suicide or have lost people to suicide, all these nuanced, complex experiences comes with like this gravitas of shame. And, and it's sometimes a lifelong unraveling, and it's never really linear. I, right? like I agree. I totally agree with that. It, it, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Marissa, I think mm-hmm. it, I think some self-loathing comes as a habit at a young age because you, if you're 
well, my age, we learned that it was uh, illegal, immoral, and against the law. There's, that's a triple whammy. And, mm-hmm. and the, any of the um, representations, not all that long ago, were always very negative, particularly in movies and stuff. And so you, you, yeah. you create a habit of self-loathing. And, and I think it's so ingrained and so much a part of you, you can carry that your whole life and not Absolutely. realize it, you know. And it yes. takes a lot of work yes. to get past that. And maybe this book will push a generation of young girls past that point, uh, that difficult point in life. And I do think everyone, I know myself, wonder uh, what their life is all about and is it, and is it worth it? And I had that moment, you know. Um, and I, mm-hmm. it was, um, I think that my... My response was, well, let's just see what happens, you know, if that's the worst mm-hmm. that can, you know, maybe, you know, kind of just, let's just carry on and see the rest of the story. I want to see the rest of it, you know. So yeah. I'm so glad that that was my decision. But, yeah. you know, I, and, and on the positive side, from my perspective, uh, I have a feeling I'm much older than you, but I never dreamed I would be in a beach city on a radio program talking about LGBTQ <laughs> issues when I came from this rural community where the only gay person was the guy that worked at the flower shop and everyone made fun of him, you mm. know? And so, <laughs> and that was all mm. I knew. And when you looked in the library under homosexuality, it was an illness. There was nothing there. There was no parent P flag. There was no uh, student alliances. None of that was there. And so, uh, yeah. It's it's for me. It's been a lifetime of, of pushing it away, and to this day, I you know I'm I apprehensive about saying I'm gay to people. Uh, that still yeah. well wells up inside of me. That well, what will they think of me? You know, and it, it's more about what I think of myself than what they think of me, and that's a hard lesson to learn. Yeah, it's very hard to to not carry other people's projections of themselves onto you. You know. And it's sad because so much today, it feels like the the summary of like all our self hate <clears throat> is is projecting toward this outward hate, um, and it um, it it really challenges us, like you said, to have to sometimes daily, more than once in a day, yeah, just be okay with who you are, where you are, how you're feeling, proud of that, absolutely, and, and, and in it, you know, and like you said, like take a breath and go forward another day. And some people don't yeah. take that, you know, they don't take that breath. Um, and at the end of the book, there is, you know, uh, the, there's two hotline numbers, um, you know, the national suicide hotline number and the Good. one for uh, sexual abuse. And, you know, one of the things too, with the book that I, I am hoping is uh, like to inspire the idea of, well, a couple of things, I guess is like, one is uh, how we ex- experience our friendships today. Um, or at least my experience after, you know, I kind of got, I I don't know how I said, I was forced into this moment of cracking open. And I remember like one of my oldest, dearest friends said to me, like, I feel like I've never met you before. You've never been this open with me. And so I was like, (laughs) yeah, I was like, and, and so that's rewarding. Yes. But it's like to realize that, you know, it's very scary to be vulnerable. It's so scary to when someone says, how are you to to say something other than I'm good. I'm all right. I'm fine. You know, because sometimes you just want to scream out like, I'm not okay. Like, I don't even know why I'm not okay. And like, I need a hug or I need space or, 
you know, I need water yeah. Yeah. and or therapy today. Um, so like this idea that again, like even that that thing, like not being ashamed or uh, Ooh, you're I'm losing your signal a little bit. Are you Oh, hello? Yeah, there you are. Sorry about that. Um I, I think I was, I don't know if you lost it, but just, you know, trying to uh, re- release the power of being ashamed of who we are, at least in the most intimate spaces with the people we call like our friends or that we love, yeah. or sharing a romantic, you know, partnership with, um, not brushing the surface. So there's power in that, you know, because we really can't, we can't do it alone. So Layla, the protagonist of Rebel and Venus is like, it definitely becomes her own hero. And at the same time, it's not a story of like, if Layla saved the day all by herself for herself, you know, like yeah. we all do need somebody. So it's like, let's take into account the, the somebody's in our lives. And if we're okay being, you know, who we are, if we're being challenged in the right ways, if we feel safe, if like we're able to create and respect, you know, reciprocity and boundaries and things like that, that's, you know, goes a long way. That like, like that's what can save lives. You know. Yeah, I think um, I think there's some liberation in being vulnerable because uh, I don't. And I don't know that it, vulnerable is really the right word. It is what it is. But I don't think that it it should be as um, fearful. You should be as fearful about it as we lead ourselves to believe. Uh, I don't know. I I think. Um, I, one one experience for myself was doing some artwork, and I never thought it was going to be anyone would have would I said I was going to do some artwork, and I put it off and put it off, and I, I finally realized that the reason I'm putting it off is I'm afraid of other people's opinions of it mm. and me and 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 all these other things. And once I did it, it was so liberating and cathartic. It's like, what does it matter? It is it's me. It's it's ex- expose my vulnerability and get it out there. And if they like it or don't like it, that's that's not your problem. That's it. It's it's theirs. It, they own it. You own your your own uh, work uh-huh. and your own expression. And that's a hard thing to to do. I think. Uh, and oh, it's yeah. Go oh, ahead. Yeah. People pleasing. <laughs> people. It's uh, people pleasing. Like I feel like uh, where is the where is the people pleasers anonymous? Who's like hi, I'm Marissa. <laughs> Um, and it's like, you know, every day I, I feel challenged to ask myself, am I doing this to, to please somebody else other than myself? Who is that? Do I even know them? Yeah. <laughs> well, I like, you I, know, so. You're obviously very passionate about it, I have to say. And I, part of what I try to do here too is, uh, is communicate and reach out to people that might be listening that, that are vulnerable or at risk. And uh, and that's a message I give every week. The nine eight eight number, the new toll free or the new, uh, you know, suicide prevention uh, number. That's uh, universal. I don't know if you've yeah. heard. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um. So if you're just tuning in I, on KXFM, hold on just a second. KXFM one hundred four point seven. I have guest here. Uh, my guest. Where did I put it? Oh. <laughs> I have my guest, Marissa Alma Nick, as re, uh, re, is releasing a book on the, what did you say, the 26th? Yeah, May 26th. May 26th, Rebel in Venus, that she's written and that she is very passionate about. 
And uh, she is my guest. I'm so glad she's here. Um, I Is this um, a, a couple of, I guess, more basic questions? Is this your first sure. book? Yes. Yeah, first, first book, first published book. And did you have, um, what was your, I mean, how did you go about it? If someone feel like say say someone's out there listening. Well, I want to write a book. How did she do it? What 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 would you suggest? Do it, write it, and the first step was getting an editor. Like um, I, I I got bold enough. Don't doubt yourself. A like you know write it, share it because yeah. somebody is somebody's going to read it and somebody's going to resonate with it. You know, um, so I I did this very um, independently. Um, and I, so the biggest shift was getting an editor and I worked with an editor for me. I worked with an editor for a good part of a year, a little bit of a year, a year and a half actually. Um, and, um, I think that was, for me, it felt like collaborating, you know, with my uh -huh. background in dance, you know, when I work with a composer or, um, a visual, you know, artist, it's, um, I, there's a, a sort of trust, you know, and it, it's, it moves things forward. So once I found an editor that I really clicked with it, it helped me uh, really formulate the, the story in a way that was making sense for me. You know, it helped me make sense of the thoughts in my head. So I definitely suggest finding an editor that makes you feel also not like you have to write any particular way. They're there to, to help you, you know, write the way you want to write better that. Yes. Um, and then I did a lot of research. Um, so I did apply the, I sent the book out to being super transparent here, you know, to some literary agents and publishers. And I did this in very early stages <laughs> yeah. of the book. Yeah. I did not know how to do this. Um, <laughs> and so I got either no responses or a few rejections. And this was like in the first year. And then I actually went back and, looked at the book again and kind of, you know, kept writing and rewrote. Um, and I just decided after more research too, that if I could make it work, that, that independently publishing might be better suited for me and the content of the book itself. So um, there's a few, uh, you know, independently published publishing partners. Now yeah. I went with um, one book baby. And so it really, you know, I feel like it's, actually interesting to me how this is working it looks like how it's how the music industry shifted um for independent artists um and their ability to create labels and um uh -huh. just independent control is starting to happen now i'm noticing um in the literary world so i decided to work with book baby um you know but these publishing partners that really help um bring new or independent authors um that's been also a very helpful process um you know, so learning about distribution and getting it into the bookstores, um, marketing. It's really been learning on the go. Um, and that's just, um, I love that. I don't know. I'm a, I'm here for a challenge. So, well, know, it, I, yeah, so, but I encourage everybody who, whether it's, you know, a book or something that isn't inside of you to do it. You know, I feel like today because of technology and our connection to people and things, it makes it possible for somebody to do something on their own. It's going to be hard, very challenging. Yeah. Not that, but totally possible. Well, I, I remember when, 
I don't know when music artists uh, used to entertain in nightclubs and places around all over the United States and live entertainment was the, the way you got your start to be a mu musician. And then along right. came disco and everyone thought that, uh, well, there goes the opportunity for live entertainers to really make their mark. And uh, that, <laughs> that it had always changed. And, and you, so, you know, they would run their records around to radio stations and hope someone would play them and help someone. Now it's just totally different to just to pile on top of what you're saying. You could mm -hmm. make a YouTube video of music that you've created on your computer with layers of uh, uh, music, you know, uh, layered on what your all your own work layered on top of beatbox kind of uh, music. And you can be a, a hit in just uh, a short amount of time if, if it, uh, enough people find it, discover it, and it kind of develops a life of its own. So it, it, I think it, there's a lot more opportunity out there uh, than there has been in the past. There's, there's, there's more ways, there's more methods to get that, your message out there than there has been in the past. Certainly radio, even where I'm at, it, is, it has changed. I had, only got into it in the last five years because I, I was invited and I find I really enjoy it. But, um, that's phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was, I've been surprised. I've surprised myself. I tell everyone it's the only, only thing I, well, work, I guess I, that I ever show up too early all my life. I've always been late. <laughs> there you go. Hey, you said you passionately woke up at 6 a.m. on a Saturday. So I, I know. I wake up 6.30 every Saturday and I'm re ready to go. So it's changed and, and technology has changed a lot of things for the opportunities. So I, I like your path of what you've described and, and your braveness to get out there and, and do it. But you know, more, more than anything, Marissa, to address an issue that is so personal and it sounds like it's had such a personal impact on you that you feel um, passionate about, you know, sending a message out there and hopefully, um, you know, sharing, uh, not, not trying to save the world, but sharing things that mm -hmm. are part of your life so that others may, uh, um, you know, gain from it and, um, you know, discover themselves to be... What did you say? <laughs> uh, uh, well, a hero, not a burden. Yeah, a hero. Yeah. Yeah, and I think too often we we put ourselves in the burden in the you know, the burden label of it. So oh, Yeah. Yeah. So I I read a I I read a book just this last week called um Mad or no, Angry No, Mad Honey. Mad Honey. Money. Yeah. And it's um it's basically transgender issues and stuff too, but it's about suicide and and um well, I I say it's not about it. It's about relationships and and the power of relationships and love and good things, but suicide mm -hmm. is a component of it too. But uh I made me think of you and um having coming on as a guest uh in your book mm -hmm. uh which obviously has some of the same content i guess is as mad honey and that's a bestseller right now so um i hope that this is your platform um what's the what's it the publisher's called one one book 
book baby. Oh, book baby. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm, yeah, the probably you know book book baby. Book um, baby. <laughs> Yeah, um, but yeah, you can get it on um, Amazon and, and, and everywhere. Um, I just wanted to say that that really, um, well, one, I'm sorry, I haven't heard of that book, and I'm going to order it right now, Mad Honey. Oh. And also, if that is a bestseller and those types of books are becoming bestsellers, that makes me so happy. Um, oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm oh. forever changed with... Well, reading and understanding the relationship and the and the difficulty of transition and being stuck i mean I, coming out gay marissa is you you have your own issues you know and you think it won't be accepted but if if you're feeling that you're the wrong person in the wrong body it's just a whole nother layer a big layer and besides the gay thing it's uh, the stigma there's a whole different huge stigma with it and i think it's so unfortunate that it's being so abused so radically abused uh mm. that it's just and it's become a a hot button issue it's, it's just like i just think like the southern border no one wants to solve the immigration policy because it's better to argue about it back and forth between parties than it is to resolve it and it should have been resolved 20 years ago or and updated and uh, from things we've learned but now it's it's not and uh, so, uh, you've got to understand it. And I think what's happening now is with the transgender is that it's a whole different part. We need to understand it and we need to, um, I don't know. I, Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I have, um, I have friends who are trans and especially in, in Florida, you know, we have a bill right now. I mean, it's, it's again, the laundry list of Florida bills right now yeah. that are attacked the trans and queer community, it's, it's stress, stress, stressful is an understatement and it feels (laughs) hard. It's it's heartbreaking because, you know, it's, it's, it's dehumanizing. Um, it's unjust. It, it, again, it's, you know, there was the congressperson who said these are actual mutants. Um, it, it hurts to hear that other humans look at other humans that way. Um, and I mean, also within the queer community, we did not have our warm hearts and doors open to our trans brothers and sisters up until very recently, and that's an right. honest conversation too. Exactly, so, I think more people need to understand that. I'm president of Laguna Beach Pride, and we have our Pride coming up in August, and and then next month in June we have an "I Am What I Am" drag show to celebrate diversity. Mm-hmm. And having read that book, I'm said to my I'm on the board. Well, I'm president. So I said to the board members, I said, I want our pride festival here to, to sh- have a strong component about transgender and what it is. Mm-hmm. And because I had to learn what it was, I, you know, uh, and understand it a lot more. And I did have some guests that were trans on the, the program. And that, that first started to crack the door open for me to understand it better. But I have to say this book, Mad Honey uh, really opened it up and really explained in more intimate details uh, what goes on. So, and yeah, I think you probably enjoy it. Yes, thank you you for that. Um, I I, I feel like uh, I'm going to get it for a couple of my friends, too, if they haven't, you know, already read it. I think one of the best things we can do, too, is like this, um, you know, reading, you know, art is such a beautiful experience because it often gives us access 
to the world's and people's experiences that we don't have access to so we can develop our empathy, you know, for one another. Yeah. And so, you know, a, a, we're really good at talking. I think we, we can be better at, at listening to better understand each other and also sit at the table with somebody who might differ from us in whatever way that is, you know, yeah. um, and it's... Um, our allyship to one another is so important because we are as a one, as a collective almost being attacked. And so there's this separation that is really only hurting us. It's in, it's within yeah. the feminist community too. I see it, you know, within the feminist community, there was uh, one of the women's marches, you know, a few years ago, actually like sidelined a bunch of sex workers who showed up who were also um, protesting for the FESTA laws that were coming in that were actually hurting sex workers that also trans people and queer people are a huge part of the sex work community as well, which I have been a part of, which is also um, sort of an influential um, part of Layla's journey in Rebel and Venus. But, you know, there's, I see it again within the feminist community as well, you know, this division, this um, yeah. uh, arrogance. Uh, that's hypocritical, I mean, uh, to, to have that division. And we should, I mean, again, diversity is a powerful, wonderful thing. Uh, you can have you can have commonality on a lot of things, but diversity can also be a big part of what it's all about. I and mean, it is what it's all about. Yes, and when we divide, we are. I mean, I don't know how else to say this, uh, but we are completely falling a uh, victim to some heteronormative patriarchal concept. Of oh wow! <laughs> heteronormative. You know? I like that. <laughs> Yeah, and and this and, uh, so the division, you know, within the the queer community, we're supposed to be, you know, this this one one way. And uh, I, I mean, for years within like the, um, you know, uh, the the lesbian gay community too. Like even being bisexual was a dirty word up until recently. Like we have, you know, we have pushed out our own people out of our own, also possibly internalized homophobia and fear of how the world views us and how we're supposed to be and where we're supposed to be. And so these divisions only make us, um, you know, weaker individually, but as a whole to, to combat these very real things that are happening, like these laws in Florida and elsewhere as we're yeah. hurting us and our people. Um, so that's, well, I'm, I've, I'm about bringing everyone together under, uh, under good things. Um, absolutely. Oh, yeah. I, 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 it's, it's powerful. It's so I, I've I've seen I, with nonprofit. I've been so involved in nonprofits, and there's always a, a few people that still want a division. You know, they still don't because they've because they've come their distance. They feel they are deserving of having some sense of exclusivity, and 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 that's just BS. You know, um, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. Um, it really is. Um, it's funny too because talking about the, this particularly right now um, in the in the book, it's it's the one part it's so funny. It's interesting to me because it wasn't intentional. It's just going back and thinking about it. It's the one part of like Layla where she she goes through a lot of shame and shame unraveling with herself. But the one part that she doesn't really feel shame for or question is her sexuality, her queerness, and that I, oh. I almost like. <laughs> To give that to myself and to others is like the most fictional part of the story. To me. <laughs> that 
See, you know, it's like the one part where she's just, it's just, it's her own, like, little boldness. This is, it's never over-explained. It's never, um, she doesn't really question it. It's not a big aha moment in the story. It just, it just is, you know, it's just, yeah. it's just a part of is. Um, and I, again, it's like so far from the reality of what a lot of us go through in our own different um, experiences of coming to to, to owning who we are and our sexuality and our queerness and, and saying that and to the world, to ourselves, to our friends. Right. Um, yeah. And so there are so many other things that Layla is, is looking at. So I, I think I wanted to give that to her also in saying, and I'm thinking about it too, because there is so much trauma. I think I wanted to clearly separate, at least for me, I've had this experience um, mm, over yeah. it. People say, you know, Oh, well you must, uh, as a as a woman who identifies as a woman, you must be into women because you've had you know sexual abuse. And to me, I've always like the two don't exist together. They're two very individual experiences. Um, yeah. So I didn't to give any reason for them to overlap either. Um, but that's again like cause that is so far from fiction because it is it, it's a it's an act of courage every day in today's world to be to be queer to be out. Um, to be trans, to 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 stand up and say things out loud for for yourself or for others. That is today in some states an actual act of felony and rebellion right now. Uh-huh. So, uh-huh. Yeah. well, I think what what the what's what is happening right now is for the young kids that as they go through their changes and they in puberty and that's when you really need to sort things out i think and they're being denied that and parents can't ha- can't do anything for them and it's again and they're trying to make it against the law and that's just that's just you know it rings really poorly with me um i there's a doctor who wrote about uh male female and you know and the variations of that happen that you were dealt at birth and how they follow you through life. And it's not anything that anyone should uh, draw judgment on. It's not anything that anyone should, other than scientifically understand it and, and, and work to make it a better place for everyone, uh, it's no one's business, you know. And mm. I, it's really interesting to hear it from a purely medical, statistical, uh, and scientific evaluation and it and it answers everything right there but no one wants to see that what they want to see i compare it to a a man who wears a toupee and so you see a bad toupee and you think oh that guy's wearing a bad toupee and you and you think everyone who has no hair and wears a bad toupee is you know you put him in this box but there's a, a a hell of a lot of people out there with toupees or hair pieces that you don't know you don't see them and they're there, and that's what I think about trans people. They, uh, you only see the ones that are apparent, and often the apparent ones are. It's difficult, you know, for them. That maybe they're a man that's six foot four, and they feel they're really a feminine person, and they struggling with a body and an image that is very difficult to transition with. But that's where they want to be, and and they're being criticized for it, and they're very visible, and that's what I think a lot of the public see. They don't see these very delicate young children who are struggling and trying to identify and vulnerable, very vulnerable, and uh, need a caring parent to understand and a, and a physician to help them if if that's what you know the remedy that needs to 
to happen for them, for them to feel uh, whole. And um, as you said, uh, um, no, have no self-hatred and, or shame. Uh, so I'm, I'm really gone on on that one. But I, I followed it. you. I mean, and I think it's, I think all are, you know, I think the experience of whether from a child to a grown adult um, and just from, you know, um, the friends that I have that I've listened to, their, their experiences also so differ. I mean, just like all of us, we all have different experiences in life and how we get to finding our identity, claiming it, and owning it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so seeing examples of all of it, um, and also the, 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 I think it is, I think what is very powerful is seeing, um, you know, the families and the friends also standing up for their loved one, whether they're a child, a teenager, a grown adult, who are deciding to transition and own that yeah. part of their identity that we're all entitled to. So it's like, again, um, what's the word? It's such a trending word. Of course, I'm forgetting it right now. Um, oh my gosh. It, uh, just seeing yourself, visibility, visibility matters, you know, representation. Yeah. Um, when you only see the, or, or someone who's gay for the most part, that, that that's really gone a long ways that they only see the flaming ones. They don't see the, the athlete who is very masculine and watches sports and is involved in everything that everyone attributes to being straight and, and uh, solving the gay problem, and yet they're gay. You know, I don't... It's, it, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, we all like to sometimes... Uh, because maybe it's like our insecurities make us really need to put a, a bigger crown on that day, and sometimes it makes us into a very feisty person. It's like, I don't know. I do know that, like... I think creating empathy, um, I, like empathy. I'm always here for how how can we, because that's how we learn from one another, grow and like really live, you know, a valuable and like yummy life. So yeah. I think like my, in my experience too, because um, I, I, I in, you know, I was, um, for me, my allyship with um, my trans and non-binary friends was being really con- um conscious of the, my use of pronouns in the book and actually playing with the idea of he, she, and they um, so that whoever was reading the book could see themselves in yeah. a few, you know, characters. The part that I really dove into, though, in trying to, how you're saying, like, people the tend to see one, the toupee, they see things one way. Yeah. Um, for, for me, one of the... For me, one of the things, um, again, like the fictional part was just Layla being queer and just, that's just, it's just not explained. Um, and it's just, it's just who she is. But the part where I really laid into trying to humanize a certain, um, uh, certain characters and certain worlds was again, like, uh, the, the, the strip club sex workers. Um, I tend, I tend to see sex workers. Um, shamed, made fun of, a punchline, looked down upon, um, uh, not not having empathy for, but almost like, oh, poor the pitied, pitied, there's the word. The um, oldest profession in the world. <laughs> hello. Um, so I, you know, and I just wanted to sort of try to reframe that in, in some way with, you know, um, mm, yeah. the empowering parts of it, the the multi-layers of it. It's not like 
one idea of who a stripper is or why somebody strips. That's the other thing, too. Like, for me, it was interesting to write why Layla um, becomes a stripper, which was not, a, for me, I became a stripper for very different reasons. Um, and so, but giving Layla's purpose of why she does it was also, um, there's usually, like, again, the toupee. I love that. I'm going to never forget that. But, you know. Oh, I, I hate be. to say it. I've just got about a minute left here, Marissa. And, oh, sorry. Okay. Okay. Know, let me let you your thing. Well, no, I just wanted to say, I feel, I want to comment my observations on your journey because I, I feel like, feel like you've, you have three different areas you've worked hard in and one, one is dance and one is choreography and production and one is, now it's book writing and I see them all coming together for you and I think, I hope this book is that catalyst that does that for you and i hope it sells like hell i hope it goes nuts and i would i would love to have you back when when you're not talking to most of the other people because you're way at the top of the food chain <laughs> no you would never do that but i, I you know i could you do you see that I, I can see a connection in all the things you've done and uh, yeah, th sure. Maybe this book brings it full circle for you in a very, very powerful way. I hope. Anyway, I'm going to have to read the book, and it is available. Uh, you can is it available now, or it's on pre-order? It's pre-order. If you do like to eat, like read on a Kindle, um, ebook, Apple Books, um, that is available like today. That's you okay. Forget the e and um, and, but it's, and it's again, the title of the book is Rebel in Venus. Re yeah. Rebel in Venus. So, mm -hmm. folks out there, I am so glad, so glad to talk to you. I hate to have to cut it. I got people here that need to get on the air, and I'm running into their airtime right now. I, I, I extended having too much of a good time. So, thank, <laughs> thank you. you so much. Oh no, thank you, Marissa. It's been great, a great interview this morning, a great chat, and I think everything was very heartfelt. And I, I, I love you. <laughs> thank you, I love you too. I hope to. And very soon. Well, come out to our Pride Festival and, and share your book. We'll make a space I for would you. Love that. <laughs> I would love that. That would actually sound beautiful. Let's make that happen. Thank you, Craig. All righty. You have a great day. This is KXFM 104.7. Craig, Rainbow Radio. I'll see you all again next week. Thanks again, Marissa. Bye-bye. Goodbye. <laughs> What's up? Hey, I got to get some music going here. And uh, I'm being replaced. <laughs> We're going out with Katie Lang. How about that? Just a kiss, just a kiss I have lived just for this I can't explain why I've become this Just a smile